Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, from the Omni King Edward Hotel in downtown Toronto. Welcome to the Empire Club of Canada. For those of you joining us through either our webcast or podcast, welcome to the meeting. Established in 1903 as a response to Canadian political unrest, the Empire Club of Canada quickly became a leading speakers forum, beginning with speeches addressed sorry, beginning with speeches to address Canada's relationships with the Great Britain and the United States. The Empire Club has since contributed to building the fabric of Canada by allowing for democratic exchange of ideas on the podium, where the most important Canadian conversations have taken place. Coincidentally, 1903 is also the year that Layuna was formed. And since then, Layuna has literally built Canada. I think there's some, some Layuna folks at that table. I regret to say, despite the co this coincidence in history, the Empire Club has not shared a history with Layuna. The first reference to a construction union in any speech in our archives wasn't until the 1960s. But as a multi-event sponsor for the Empire Club's 2018-19 season, I'm very honored that we have began a strong relationship 115 years later. The original 1903 name for, for Layuna was called the International Hod Cares in Building Labor's Union established at the founding convention in Washington, D.C. For those of you who do not know what a HOD is, it's a, it's a V-shaped tool, and I, again, I'm saying this in a room full of union folks, a V-shaped tool that assists carrying bricks and other construction material. It bears a long handle so that it can be carried high over your shoulder and lifted. It's no wonder the name of the union was changed because the former name emphasizes a tool. It would be equivalent to calling professional bass players the bat and glove carriers. At the end of the day, the tools you have don't matter much. What does matter is what you build with them. And that's why we have Layuna. I'm sure the term in 1903, builder, which is the standard way we describe construction companies, and labor, the word that we use for participating in work, was appropriate. Today, I'm not so sure, because today, yes, I'm introducing a labor leader, and yes, I'm introducing a man who is also a builder. He's here to talk about what this union has constructed under his leadership. And I'm not talking about union memberships, but he's done that too, contributing to a, building a union of over 130,000 members in Canada in his role as international vice president. Before he could build, he had to work his way up through the ranks. Joseph started at Laina as a general laborer. Since that time, he has held many other positions with Local 837, including computer or operations manager and benefits administrator. Joseph then began his political career at Layuna seeking elected office. He was first elected in 1986 as a recording secretary of local 837 and business manager. In 1999, he was appointed international vice president, a position he has been re-elected to every five years since then. Fast forward to today, Joseph is changing the face of labor by building communities from the ground up whether it be through private partnerships, which we'll hear today, through community partnerships, through training, health and safety programs, or by raising the voice of Leonie's membership to, local, to political representatives. Joseph is at the forefront. I met Joseph through his advocacy, and what I can say about him is that when he gives you his word that he's gonna do something, he does it. But it's in your best interest to do the same. And that's fair. 
I often think about how life would be simpler if everyone viewed the world that way. Those who have been on the other side of the table know Joseph advocates strongly for the protection of scope of jurisdiction, for workers' rights, and members' pensions. Strongly with his own sense of passion and flair and humanity that makes him real and fun to work with. Through Joseph's tenure, Lillian has a track record of success working with all parties in all levels of government. One of Joseph's recent successes is investing in P3s through Lyuna Membership's pension funds. These projects make long-term profit on pension returns for Lyuna members while keeping members working. Income from an individual member's work on a P3 project, of course, is invested in a pension plan, which in turn creates even more room for investment. And this allows for capital investment in Ontario. And now that's innovative. Through Joseph's career in multi multitude of philanthropic activities, he has always demonstrated innovation and creativity while he delivers results. Joseph is a thought leader and an advocate of community building and is a champion of benevolent causes having served on numerous committees including the Ontario Government's Transit Advisory Panel and Toronto Regional Board of Trade Infrastructure Committee. Under his leadership, vision and persistence as president of his home local, local 837, Joseph has been an advocate in his community. He was founding director of the Hamilton Health Sciences Corporation, also a founding chair of the Bay Area Health Trust. He is an ardent supporter of the arts. He's passionate about the restoration of historical sites and a community champion for philanthropic, I can't even say that word, philanthropic achievements. His many awards and recognitions include being int introduced into the Hamilton Gallery of Distinction, receiving the Paul Harris Fellow from the Rotary Club, the Queen's Golden Jubilee, and the David Crombie Award by the Canadian Urban Business Institute, the Canadian Italian Business and Professionals Association Award for Business Excellence, and he was honoured with an honorary doctorate from laws of McMaster University. Please welcome the International Vice President, Central and Eastern Canada for Layuna, Joseph Mancinelli. Thank you. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, Kent, for that uh, uh, very flattering uh, introduction. I'm going to have you write my introductions from now on. It's very nice. Um, Ministers uh, Tabolo, Minister Phillips, um, different members of, uh, uh, of our uh, different levels of government, uh, members of uh, Liuna, our, our partner contractors that are here, um, welcome. Um, I, and I'd like to thank our, our sponsors as well that are here, Bruce Power, Akon, and Fengate for your sponsorship here today. And also want to thank Kent and the executive of the Empire Club for the invitation um, to speak to you uh, today on who Liuna is, the new face of, of uh, labor. And uh, we feel that we are changing the face of labor fairly dramatically in this country, and I want to talk to you again on how we're doing that by investing uh, some of our funds in uh, public-private partnerships as well. So as Kent mentioned um, in his introduction, we were founded in 1903 by uh, a lot of immigrant workers that uh, needed representation, and in 1903 the demographics at that time were German, Irish, and Italians that were 
uh, working in the construction industry. And, um, and since that time, um, we have grown substantially, but through a number of struggles. And um, this next slide is, is the slide that represents, quite frankly, the misconception of who we are, because these are uh, pictures and feelings that, that, that are in the past. And in fact, the past should, should stay in uh, the past. Uh, because these are the visuals that most of us actually relate to uh, in organized labor, whether it be strikes and, you know, whether it be uh, the struggles that we had back in the 19, uh, 1903 and, of course, moving on into the uh, recession and into the Second World War. Uh, but times have changed, and um, this next slide is one of my let's say, greatest resentments, especially as an Italian-Canadian and as a labor leader, um, the, uh, the Hollywood uh, depictions of labor leaders, especially if you happen to be an Italian labor leader, are not very flattering. And in fact, the whole Hoffa scenario and the organized crime element belongs exactly where it is, and that is in the past. So a paradigm shift, we've seen paradigm shifts uh, happen throughout the world, and these are, are fundamental shifts in mentality and the way we see the world. And in fact, when I was a kid, uh, I remember we used to go to, to the store, and the very first thing you would do when you picked up an object is turn it over to see where it was made. And you will recall, those of you who are my vintage, that when you turned over an ashtray and it said made in Japan, it was cheap. And we all said, oh, I don't want to buy that because it's made in Japan. And we all know what that means now, that made in Japan means high quality uh, products. And that's a significant paradigm shift. Another uh, obvious paradigm shift, of course, is the cultural revolution in China. And you can see where that has shifted to right now, that China actually holds some of the greatest debt in the world, including that of the United States, and has become, quite frankly, one of the uh, strongest capitalist uh, uh, markets uh, in, in the world. And of course, the more obvious one, of course, is Marxism and socialism in Russia. And I have to remind you that they have more billionaires in Moscow than any other city in the world. And so what a dramatic shift there as well. I could go on and on about these paradigm shifts, whether it be uh, the, the conflicts in Ireland that have changed dramatically, it goes on and on. So why not a paradigm shift in, in labor? And in fact, Leuna is a pretty, pretty good example of that paradigm shift because we are very different than we were in the previous slides that you saw where we were struggling uh, in order to represent uh, workers at the very early part of our of our organization's uh, creation. And so here we are uh, with 130,000 members across Canada, 600,000 uh, throughout the United States, and uh, uh, here in Ontario, uh, over 100,000. And I love this statistic. We're in the GTA here, and the GTHA, over 60,000 just here in the greater Toronto Hamilton uh, area. So we started by representing uh, immigrants, and uh, we grew substantially into so many different sectors. And here are just a sample of some of the sectors um, that we work in. We have a very highly productive workforce, 
And what that means is that our contractors uh, can finish their projects on time and on budget uh, with multi-skilled workers that work in so many um, different sectors. That very last um, uh, slide or, 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 or um, sector on that particular slide is the high-rise forming industry. And I'm not going to get into it, but as many of you know, in the province of Ontario, we had a very big conflict with the high-rise uh, sector with our former provincial government um, that has very luckily been changed and uh, reverted back to where we were by the present uh, provincial government, thankfully, uh, because we like to think that these are sectors that, that improve the economy here in Ontario. Our, our workers, our members that work within these sectors uh, contribute to the economy in so many different ways, not just through their taxes, but in the productivity that they uh, give in making sure that uh, these projects get done on time and on budget. So the next one, of course, is highway and bridges, and many of you will recognize uh, that particular road, and I have a few comments to make about that road in future slides uh, as well. Um, we have over 40 sectors, and there they are. I know that's listed, and, and it's probably a little small for everybody to read, but there are 40 different sectors in the construction industry. Uh, the slides that you saw earlier were only a sample. Uh, we work in so many different sectors, whether it be the industrial, commercial, or institutional sector, the residential sector, uh, the heavy and civil sector, the transportation sector. Um, our members are well prepared to work in all of those sectors. We also have several members that work in the non-construction sector as well, and for many of you that have been to the Convent Metro Toronto Convention Center, every worker at the Metro Con Convention Center are LIUNA members, so the chefs, the bartenders, the cleaners, the waiters, the waitresses are all members of the UNA, and we have about 600 uh, members that work at the Metro Toronto Convention Center. Our healthcare sector is another sector that a lot of folks don't even know that we represent about 10,000 uh, uh, hardworking members in the healthcare sector as well, primarily in long-term care and in the retirement uh, home business. One of our greatest assets is training. And we have an aging workforce, uh, like all of the workforce right across Canada. Uh, a lot of our members are getting to the point where they're going to be retiring. And these members are the very workers that have that multi-skilling, that have five or six different trades that they know how to do. So when one retires, the learning curve takes time in order to get young people uh, into the construction industry is a challenge in itself, but once we bring them in, it's a challenge also to get them trained and, and retrained and get those five or six different skills um, that they require in order to be productive. And our training centers, we've got 20 of them across the country, 12 in Ontario. Uh, almost in every major city in Ontario, we've got a comprehensive training center that we train the workers of the future. What we also have done is make sure that we continue to train Indigenous youth. And a lot of times we talk about reaching out to other countries, immigration, uh, high school students, college students here in Ontario, but we've got a captive audience here in Canada, and that's the Indigenous youth that we have that haven't given, uh, been given the opportunities to work in high-paying jobs like the construction industry. So several years ago, uh, we signed a 
a memorandum, uh, an, an accord actually, with uh, Phil Fontaine, who was then the head of the Assembly of First Nations, and that was back in 2007. And then in 2016, we signed again um, at um, a summit in British Columbia, a uh, First Nations summit with Chief Ed John in BC. And in 2017, we signed again with the Assembly of First Nations with uh, uh, National Chief Perry Bellegarde, and, um, and also in 2018 at our Canadian conference just this past June, uh, we signed with the Aboriginal Apprenticeship uh, Board as well. So we're making headway. Um, it's not that easy, but we're making headway, and we feel pretty good about the fact that we have a number of Indigenous youth right now that have become members of Leuna and are working in the uh, construction industry. Um, one of the great things that our organization does right across the country is get involved in our communities, get involved in supporting many, many initiatives, a lot of altruistic uh, in initiatives as well. Um, I think that the last number I saw is that we, we donate to a, numerous charities and organizations over $5 million uh, a year uh, in order to make our community strong in other ways as well. This is a, a small sample uh, in, in the next slide. Uh, am I going backwards or forward here? Always. Forward, okay, always forward. Uh, this is um, our um, charitable groups, philanthropy that we do, and, and so many different groups, a lot of them children's charities as well, uh, again, totaling over $5 million a year. These are a list of a few of the charitable organizations that, that we donate to every year. Um, this is not only through our central office or through the different fundraisers that we do, but each local union right across this country and every single city uh, raises funds in so many different ways, whether it be golf tournaments, whether it be bocce tournaments that Local 506 does, uh, the largest golf tournaments probably in North America that 506 does, when, when, uh, lo Local 183 does with six different uh, golf courses in one day, um, which raises $500,000 in one day, $600,000 uh, for Local 183. Um, this is extraordinary amount of fundraising that we do in order to, to help a number of these uh, uh, great organizations that need our help. Uh, one of the newer um, uh, altruistic things that, that we're doing, we were contacted by Lieutenant Colonel Claggett uh, with this regiment, and uh, what he wants to do is create two monuments in Italy, one in the Leary Valley and one in Ortona on the other coast, that the Canadian Army liberated a number of towns in uh, this area, and he wants to erect a monument to these Canadian soldiers who, who died uh, liberating these towns during the Second World War in Italy. And so Leuna is the main sponsor for this, and uh, we're creating the monuments here in Canada. Not that we don't trust the Italians to do the monuments, but you know, our workers, our workers I think, are, are quite capable of doing it. We'll ship the monuments over to, uh, to Italy, and uh, they will be uh, erected and um, uh, in, in a ceremony in June of 2019, uh, only in a few months. So political affairs were very active, uh, like most labor organizations are, but the difference between uh, Leuna and many other labor organizations are that we are not just one-party centric. We work uh, very carefully with the federal government in ensuring um, that uh, our members' interests are protected on the federal 
scene, um, and that is a photograph of my good friend Jack Oliveira, who runs our provincial office, and myself with the Prime Minister, and of course provincially uh, with our newly elected uh, Premier, uh, Doug Ford, and a number of ministers that we've had the pleasure of working very closely with in a very short period of time uh, that have, quite frankly, accomplished quite a bit in a very short period of time. We're actually quite pleased at the way things are going uh, provincially. And so numerous meetings um, with the federal government on infrastructure programs. Uh, we'd like to see the infrastructure bank uh, move a little bit quicker um, so we can start attacking some of the infrastructure deficit that we have in this country, which is staggering. And when we don't get along, uh, Leuna pushes back. We push back uh, in a big way. And, um, and history now um, shows that, uh, that we were right. And, um, and here we now have a very change in government, a change in some of the draconian stuff that, quite frankly, uh, was haunting our organization. So we had simple beginnings um, with uh, representing immigrants, but not a lot has changed. In fact, uh, this is our board of our pension plan that now is, is approaching $8 billion. And uh, these are the, the trustees and our uh, administrator, David D'Agostini, uh, who's second from uh, your left standing. And if you look at this, half the people that are in this photograph are immigrants. Um, and the other half are basically um, uh, born to immigrants like myself, who was born here in Canada. My father immigrated in 1952. Uh, with the exception of Doug Sarul, who is the, on the extreme left, who's from Cape Britain, he's probably second or third generation. But everybody else is first generation or basically uh, an immigrant. So this is what we've created as a pension plan that now is approaching $8 billion, which is 49th. Um, this is from Benefits Canada. We're number 49 in Canada and growing rapidly. The next slide shows you how fast we're growing. We are the fifth fastest growing pension plan in Canada. And these are statistics that are a little bit dated. Uh, the only ones that we have from Benefits Canada, uh, they did date back to 2016 when we were at $6 billion at that time. And from 2016 till now, we're uh, on our way uh, to $8 billion in assets. So we've done well with traditional investments. We've um, had stocks and bonds, and the equity markets, as you know, are a bit volatile up and down. But you know, we need to still be um, investing in the equity markets and in the bond markets. And if you look at this slide here, the average that we, um, uh, our 10-year average is 7.6 um, uh, returns uh, with the equity markets and the bond market. That's not bad. Uh, but it's not what, what our plan really wants. And what we wanted was to invest in infrastructure in a big way, and we wanted to make sure that investing in infrastructure, investing in public-private partnerships, gave us the leverage not only to create jobs for our members, but to get better returns uh, for our pension plan. This next slide shows you what the construction industry um, uh, generates in, in Canada. Uh, with our 130,000 members, if you look at those statistics, um, of 1.4 million people working in the construction industry, we make up very close to 10% of the workers that work in the construction industry. And then, of course, everyone else associated to the in industry, whether it be engineers and others, um, also create a uh, $21.4 billion injection into the economy on top of the $72 billion that, that is 
um, leveraged by the construction industry into the economy. This next slide shows you the um, uh, lack of investment in the infrastructure se sector because back in 1955, uh, when everyone had come back from the Second World War and there was such a lull during those years because during the Second World War, steel could only be used um, for the production of arms. And so there was a number of, of projects that were put on hold. And of course, in the 1950s, everything exploded. And this chart actually shows that there was such an upswing during the 50s on infrastructure spending, but, but also that the spending came by governments whether it be federal government spending, provincial government, municipal governments, uh, they're the ones who spent all the money on infrastructure, which is very different um, to, to today. In fact, you can see there that uh, it, by 2006, uh, we were down to a uh, gross domestic product of spending uh, down to 0 0.4 uh, from 3.5 of, of GDP back in 55. That is a pretty dramatic decrease in what we spend on infrastructure. Um, this next slide um, will show you the, um, this one here, I've got to put my glasses on, I think. This is municipal and provincial, what we spend. And what you can see is that little sliver is what the federal government is investing in infrastructure. Quite a change from what the federal government used to do back in the 50s and into the 60s and 70s, quite a dramatic decrease. So now all of the pressures on the provincial government and municipal governments in order to fund uh, these projects. Uh, the next slide um, shows you the uh, uh, breakdown of uh, assets that are being spent on wastewater. And if you look at the gray and the, I guess that's purple and light blue and that little sliver of, uh, of gray, that makes up 44%. That, quite frankly, makes up every project, infrastructure project in the, in the stormwater, uh, wastewater sector that is 40 years old and older, up to 100 years old. And that's unacceptable with almost half of our wastewater infrastructure in Canada, 50% of it is 40 years and up to 100 years uh, old. This next slide. Uh, we'll, we'll show you once again in the public transit area, which is a big, big deal nowadays as we're building LRTs and we're building subways and trying to catch up. Um, but what this shows you is the condition of, uh, of that infrastructure sector. And it's not good when 44% once again is fair to very poor. And I would suggest that even that uh, red slide at the bottom or burgundy slide that says that uh, um, 24, is it 34% uh, is good. Um, you know, good uh, getting worse all the time is not where we should be. So one of the big examples, and I showed you a picture of this highway earlier, is the famous Gardner Expressway. And the Gardner Expressway was built in 1963, 55 years ago. Uh, it's a dated road. Um, it's a shame that this is the only entrance into the largest city in Canada. Um, I, I like to joke about it that my wife is the same age as this, and I have to tell you that she's in a hell of a lot better shape than that, uh, <laughs> that, that highway. Um, because this is what it looks like underneath, and these are photographs that were taken by our photographer at Leuna Local 183. Uh, Eddie went down and took some shots of the, the gardener underneath. And, you know, we don't want 
to get into a situation like Genoa where, you know, bridges need to collapse. And in fact, if we keep on putting aside infrastructure uh, projects and pushing them aside for either budgetary concerns or, or other reasons, uh, we're going to have a problem uh, eventually. And so I'd like to show this slide in, in order to shame uh, all the different levels of government um, because they haven't put enough money into the infrastructure deficit in order to get rid of it. And if I tell you where this is, it is shameful that, that in a city like this, they've tunneled underneath the city in order to avoid um, the traffic patterns in the city. And this is Tehran, Iran. And so if you can do this in Iran and, and tunnel this way through the center of town, there's no reason why uh, we can't do something innovative on the Gardner Expressway. And I know that my friends that are here in the construction industry, whether it be Acon and others, I know that they agree wholeheartedly uh, with me and I agree wholeheartedly with our partners that are here as well that something needs to be done uh, in order to, to get that uh, 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 big infrastructure project moving. So why public-private partnerships? Well, you just saw that we've got a, a gigantic deficit in, in Ontario and, and one that quite frankly was probably understated prior to the uh, election. And with these kind of deficits and with the amount of deficit we have in an infrastructure sector, uh, the only way to do it is to try to partner with the, pub with the private sector. And why not? The private sector, like pension plans like Leuna's, need to have long-term uh, returns. And why not invest it in our, in our great country here? We have numerous pension plans that are already investing across the globe. Uh, Omer's is, Teacher's is, but we want to make sure that all of those pension plans uh, consolidate all their funds, whether it be through, through the infrastructure bank or through individual projects like, like we have done uh, in order to get this infrastructure done. So there's a myth that uh, uh, labor unions don't like P3s, and there are a number of public sector unions that, that don't like it and don't like the concept, but it's because they're misinformed. And they're uneducated on, on the fact that public-private partnerships do create jobs. They create real jobs, real high-paying jobs. They pay back into the economy. They inject a lot of economic activity um, through new taxes for the government, uh, by all the taxes that are created through the workers that are, that are paying taxes as well. So it's a very positive win-win situation, and unfortunately it is uh, completely misread. And part of it is because of the 407. And the 407 was a privatization. And the, the misconception is that P3s are privatizations, and they are not privatizations. They are partnerships between either the government, the private sector, uh, the financial sectors as well. And, and it's a win-win situation. So it's not a privatization. And in fact, I think selling off the 407 was a mistake. You could have sold off a piece of it. The government should have still held on to a piece of the action because it's making uh, good profits, and I think that the, the citizens of Ontario should have shared in those profits as well. P3s do that, and, and in fact, if you look at this, this reinforces my comments about the deficit in Ontario. If you look at that uh, dark red section, that's where we're headed uh, if something's not done, and in fact, it's $308 uh, billion that was in the budget. Uh, we know that the uh, audit that was done created even an excess of 10 extra billion that, that will go into the budget, which reinforces the fact that the government can't do everything, um, that our pension plans should step up to the plate and actually help the government achieve uh, in, in uh, um, 
getting the infrastructure deficit down. And P3s, the next slide, they do really grow the economy in so many different ways. And in this next slide, you can see that 140, uh, uh, 14, sorry, 14 billion is created in economic activity every year. Uh, 48, uh, 4 billion in, in, as in private investment, 115,000 uh, job years as well. Uh, 5 billion in additional wages and an extra four in uh, additional federal and provincial taxes. Uh, Minister McNaughton spoke about a week ago and, and commented on the fact that for every dollar that's invested in infrastructure, the multiplier is an extra six dollars that goes into the economy. So for every hundred billion that we spent in infrastructure, multiply that by another six billion. I mean, that's an incredible economic uh, development achievement. So some of the big P3 projects, I have my friends here from Bruce Power. Um, this is one of the largest P3s uh, in, uh, in the province, and one that has been super successful, and Bruce Power, as many of you know, is the largest nuclear plant in, in the world, and we're very happy to have them uh, here in, in Ontario as our partners. Um, the next is a, an example of a, a great P3 that Leuna built, and this is the Confederation Bridge. Some of you know it as the Fixed Link Bridge. Uh, 5,000 uh, workers uh, worked on this project, and out of 5,000, I would bet that 4,900 of them were members of Leuna. We did all of the work on, on that bridge, and it's an excellent example of a P3 that is doing extremely well. OMERS big pension plan, uh, the Ontario Municipal Employees Pension Plan, is one of the owners of, uh, of that particular bridge. New bridge is being built, and I know that our friends here at ACON are quite happy about uh, this particular bridge. This is the Gordie Howe Bridge that will span uh, uh, from uh, Windsor, Ontario to Detroit, and this will create 2,500 uh, jobs, and, and uh, this is going to put... Uh, a bit of a strain on our training centers and, and producing a number of uh, workers that are required um, to get that off the ground. A few years back, we were fortunate um, to work with a very progressive company called Fengate uh, Real Assets, and Lou Serafini is here, president of Fengate, one of our sponsors here today as well, and they have done an exceptional job of making us look good. And what they've done is invested in the infrastructure space through P3s primarily. I know that Lou Sitz is the director of the Council for Private-Public Partnerships here in Canada. And these are just a sample of the projects that Leuna has won uh, through uh, uh, Fengate's uh, ability to make sure that those procurement process produced a, a very positive result uh, for our pension plan and for the consortium as well. Edmonton LRT, uh, the Oakville Hospital, uh, Waterloo Courthouse, um, Toronto Detention Center, and um, where am I? Bit beat ahead myself. Here we are, Toronto Detention Center. Uh, but this is not all. In fact, the next slides uh, show you a number of other uh, projects that we have uh, on the go as well. And what this list shows you, these are all of the P3s that our pension plan um, was involved in. And that is a total of $7.4 billion worth of construction. Uh, that we invested in, and then these are the energy and power sector investments that we made in the P3 space of an additional $4.3 uh, billion as well. 
So we're very proud of the fact of, of what our pension plan has done. And we've also invested in a number of other areas, another uh, group of real assets, real estate being one of them. We are the largest real estate, commercial real estate holder on uh, the QEW. Um, we have a conversion fund um, that buys uh, old, dilapidated commercial buildings, and there's so many of them uh, around Toronto that are those 10 stories commercial buildings that were built in the 50s and 60s that are probably one-tenth occupied. And they should be converted into either residential or into something that, that would make sense. Unfortunately, the City of Toronto some time ago um, made the entire City of Toronto an employment zone. So now if you buy a 10-story building you want to convert, you have to replicate the, seven, the 10 stories of commercial space as well, which is ridiculous. So we need to, to, to make a few changes at, at Toronto City Hall in order to ensure that we can buy these old buildings and convert them into uh, uh, something substantial. Those are uh, a photograph of uh, projects that are being, held, uh, uh, being built in downtown Hamilton through the conversion program. There was an old dilapidated building there on site, and now it's going to be uh, two 30-story uh, condo towers in the heart uh, uh, of the city. These are uh, another sector. We've started a student housing uh, sector where we built our very first uh, student housing project in downtown Hamilton. The, the one on the right is a project in Oshawa uh, that will be a 7.2 million dollar investment um, which will generate 35 million dollars worth of construction. And another, uh, I don't have a photograph for it, but another uh, 115 million uh, uh, that will be built in Scarborough for the University of Toronto as well. Uh, we have a number of developments uh, underway under our development fund, and this is a project that is about to begin uh, just off of the Gardner Expressway. And uh, we have numerous projects. The next slide will show you the 11 developments that are underway that our pension plan uh, has partnered with a number of different developers uh, in order to, to create more work and great returns uh, for our pension plan. One of the more innovative is our investment in Seasons Retirement Homes, which is one of the fastest growing retirement home companies in the country. And here you will see that we have 21 uh, 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 retirement homes that have been built, uh, 2,000 senior living suites uh, that we have uh, built to date, uh, right across the country, including Alberta uh, as well. Exciting project that we invest invested in just shortly uh, was Friday Harbor up in Lake Simcoe. Um, together with the uh, De Gasparis and Muzzo Consortium. Um, this is a $165 million uh, investment into this project. It has 2,500 units, and we suspect a very high double-digit returns on this. We've had over 500 workers of Leuna working on the project together with our partner uh, contractors as well. And our latest investment is out of the country, and it is in Las Vegas. We purchased the Hard Rock Hotel and Casino, and we're turning it into a Virgin uh, Hotel and Casino. This will be uh, over a $500 million project. Leuna is the uh, largest uh, shareholder in the project, and Fengate facilitated a great consortium to take it over, and we're looking forward to uh, working closely with the Virgin folks in order to create a platform, not only in Las Vegas, but hopefully to invest in hotels and hopefully one in Toronto as well that we're looking at property as we speak. 
So we have uh, so many other uh, investments. I'd keep you here all day, whether it be our investments in Starseed, which is a medical cannabis company, uh, whether it's with Creative Wealth. Um, I know that Jason Cloth is here in the room where we're investing in movies as well. Uh, we're working uh, on a project to, to deal with a, a five-movie uh, piece with Warner Brothers as well that is going to give us uh, very high uh, double-digit returns as well. So as you can see, uh, the paradigm has shifted, and we are no longer uh, that labor union that you saw on the slides earlier with a bunch of signs, even though we did have signs at Queen's Park in June, but, um, but, but we, are not, we are not that union anymore. Uh, we are leveraging our financial strength in order to ensure uh, that our members uh, have high levels of employment. We love to partner with our uh, development and contractor partners in order to, to ensure that our members continue to work and that, that our pension plan uh, remains profitable. It is the fastest, fifth fastest growing pension plan, and I hope I can come back to you one day with a new slide showing you that we are the fastest uh, growing pension plan in the country. So thank you so much, uh, and for, for your patience and listening to us brag, and listening to me brag about our organization and what we've done. It's a pleasure to be with all of you here today. Thank you so much. Thanks, Joseph. That was a great speech. I'm pleased to welcome Mr. Jean-Louis Servanc, President and CEO of the ACON Group Incorporated, to the podium to give thanks to the speaker. Thank you. Good afternoon, everybody. I can see that you are relaxed, probably, because you have seen I've only two pages. <laughs> but you have here in the room three very anxious people from ACON, the one who have prepared my speech, and they perfectly know that I will totally diverge from what they have prepared. So let's begin. Joe, you have said almost everything regarding the public-private partnership, so I will not paraphrase what you have said. Thank you for the introduction, Kent, and good afternoon again. I'm pleased and honored to be here representing ACON, and ACON is proud to sponsor today's event. Thank you to everyone from the Empire Club for making this event possible, and I'd like to sincerely thank you, Joe, for taking the time to speak this afternoon and sharing with us your valuable insights. Your speech hit the mark on today's topic. Leuna has a long history of success in the construction industry, working on P3s, which positively impact the economy and, of course, providing the workforce to deliver critical projects in Canada safely. A lot of examples have been shown. Thank you for this. While I may be new as the CEO of ACON, I'm a builder. I've done this all my life. I don't know what to do anything else. And I've personally witnessed and appreciated and understood the value of unions when it's come to successfully delivering projects. The most important work that Lyuna performs is essential, not only to ACON, but to the entire country, as you have shown us. Now in ACON, we love P3 because they give us a lot of work, 
and we are a construction company, and we love to build. But most of all, we are passionate about people. You probably know that Acon, within the next 12 months, has developed a very important backlog. We have something like 7 billion of backlog to build in the years to come. And we need to execute it perfectly. So of course, it's going to be about technology. It's going to be about the relation we have with our clients. It's going to be about our processes. But before everything, it's going to be about people. We are not sending satellites to the moon. We don't do extremely sophisticated works. We work with steel. We work with chalk. We work with wood. We work with stone. And before everything, we work with people. Not average people. We need people that go above and beyond every day on the day-to-day -day task. And this is why we work together, Joe. We are fighting for talents every day. I would say every hour of the day. So when you tell us about training, recruiting, you are really at the heart of our life. During the last two years, Liuna workers have worked an average of 3 million hours for ACON, which represents something like 30% of the hours worked in ACON. ACON is proud to be the preferred partner of its peers and also the preferred contractor when I speak with our client. Why? Because they all say the same thing. ACON has boots on the ground. ACON knows what it means to build. Thank you for the help you are providing to us. The common life of ACON and Leuna relies on a real partnership. Partnerships are truly about relationships and mutual improvement. A few days ago, we were preparing this event with John Beck, and he told me, listen, Jean-Louis, probably the most important partnership we have been creating in the story of ACON is a partnership between ACON and Leuna. So you will have to take care about it. This is why we are here today, and this is why we sponsor the event. Joe, you can count on me to develop this partnership in the challenging future you have been showing us on your slides. Top of mind from Joe's speech, and a train for the future I'm familiar with intentionally is the complexity and the scale of the project that will increase. More people, more skilled people, more demand for capital, all this will continue to grow. Liuna is at the heart of all this. Time for conclusion. You've probably noticed from my accent that I'm French. I come from Paris. And today, I'm extremely proud to wear this little red flower. It is the first time in my life. I will tell you two special events of my life. My father was a general in the army. Once I was five years old, one morning, we escaped from the house alone with him. He took his car, and we went to the north of France, 
He wanted me to visit a Canadian war cemetery. You cannot imagine the impact when you enter there, for those who have already been there. It is in the middle of nowhere, because the First World War has been such a slaughter that nobody has dared from this moment to build anything on those grounds. Absolutely no noise. In the fog, the only thing you could see is a Canadian flag and hundreds of white crosses well aligned with no name. It was impossible in this slaughter to recognize the people when they were dead. Second thing, and I remember as if it was this morning or yesterday, it was in the college a few years after, I remember my book of French history. And there was a, an image, a picture, of Normandy, of the beaches of Normandy. And I can remember exactly the sentence that was down. It was said, at 10 o'clock in the morning of the 6th of June, 1944, the color of the sea was still red. Red for the blood of those North American soldiers that had been trying to take position from 6 o'clock in the morning. Just to tell you that in France, we will never forget what our Canadian brothers have met so that my children can live free and happy. Thank you. Thank you again. Thank you, and that was, that was very moving. And out of respect for what you just said at the Empire Club, I think that we should have a moment of silence given Remembrance Day is coming up for, for everyone who has lost lives overseas, and also for, given this crowd, also for construction workers who have passed away on the job uh, for over the years, and I think we should just give a moment of silence. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for coming today. We have a few events coming up in the next future. We have uh, a healthcare event on our website. We have a political panel on Monday night for any of the municipal individuals here. Uh, it's a debrief from the election. Uh, we have Michael Katchen, CEO and founder of Wealth Simple, on November 21st, and many other events to come. Thank you for, for coming today, and the meeting is adjourned.